Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Home. They were powerful because they are so common. The stories that Jesus told help us because it is about our lives. This is a great story about the life that we are currently experiencing. We don't have to go through what we are in order to understand the problems that come in life. We did not need this virus and all the things that have come from it in order for us to understand that life is difficult. No, but I do see it. I see the problem and like you, I am tired of it. I've had enough. I have to admit that for the first week, maybe two, it was novel. It was interesting. It was something different. And to some degree, it was enjoyable. But I've had enough. I see it, this problem. And I've had enough. Maybe like me, you have had the same thoughts. And those thoughts have led you to a passage like Revelation 21 in verse 4. Where the Bible promises that God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. There will be no more pain, no sickness, no dying. For death has passed away. The former things are gone. All things have become new. It is during times such as these that we are often drawn to the thoughts of heaven. And I understand it. But today, I see the problem. I want us to think for just a few minutes about some things both this morning and this evening connected to this problem. First of all, let me suggest to you that we all see it. We all see the problem. When Jesus told the story of the wise man and the foolish man, the text that was just read, he was talking to people who saw the problem. He was talking about people who saw the problem. These things, this thing, this idea of the problem, the problem that we are in has in a very powerful way, in a, in a very picturesque way, in a way that we cannot miss it. It's a problem that's come to every single person. Wise or foolish? No one can say, it has not affected me. You might be able to say, I don't know personally anyone who, was contract, who has contracted the virus. You certainly cannot say you don't know anyone. Some have been less affected because... Most of or maybe all of their jobs have not changed very much. 
people you work with have. Every person has experienced this problem. Everyone has seen it. I think about during these kinds of issues, these kinds of times, probably everyone thinks about Job. Job was a person who experienced for a period of time some of the greatest difficulties that life could offer. It was Job who said that it comes to every single person. This is not just about him. It's about every person, just like the story that Jesus told. For Job said, Man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. His whole point was to say every single person experiences the problem. We see it, whether wise or foolish. Because the wise and the foolish represent everybody. And we are all in it. We all see it. I want to suggest to you that in this story, Jesus says it not only comes to everybody, it comes to everybody in daily, normal, everyday life. This, both of these men were going about their lives. The whole idea of saying they built a house is the idea of saying they were living their lives in everyday fashion. We experience this problem. We all see it every normal day. Third, I want to suggest that this story says we should see the problem. It is obvious to me that the wise man is commended because he saw the problem and then made preparations for it. The foolish man, what did he do? He seemed not to care. He seemed not to look forward. He did not see it. I hasten to say that I have probably been very guilty of lessening and not seeing as much. I can't deny that. And so a lot of this is directed to me. You need to see the problem. I know it's a problem. I know it is there. It is a fact, and, and we need to see the problem. God expects us to see the problem. Because if you want to be wise you will see the problem. So when I say, I see the problem, and when you say, yes, I see the problem, then, then let us think about seeing the problem from the vantage point of the wise man and the foolish man. First, therefore, 
the wise man. I want to suggest to you that the wise man, the story of the wise man, is a story that says the problems of life do not have to destroy you. They don't have to. Both of these men experienced the wind blowing, the rains coming, the floods rising in their lives. They experienced the storms of life. The wise man was able to show us that we don't have to be destroyed by the problem when you are wise. What made him wise? Number one, he was wise because he faced the Lord. He faced the Lord. I think it is interesting. I've not ever noticed this before. When Jesus is telling the story and he talks about the wise man in verse uh, 48, he talks about a man who not only built a house and who built it because he was preparing for the storms. But look at verse 47. This wise man, whoever comes to me and hears my voice. The first thing the wise man did was he came to the Lord. He faced the Lord. When he was preparing for the problems, when he was preparing for what might come, he first of all faced the Lord. We need to be people always who are facing the Lord. Because when the problems come and we see them, if we have not already first seen the Lord, then the problems could be far worse. Face the Lord first. He was one who came to the Lord. Number two, then he faced his future. Here's a man who said, I have a future and the problems that are going to come are not going to destroy me. What did he do? Verse 48. He dug down deep and he built his house on a rock. Now, if this were simply a, a story about how to build a house properly, then we probably wouldn't get much out of it because everybody knows. Anybody who has ever been to a beach knows that you don't build a house on the sand. This man built a house on a rock, but what is God, what is the Lord really saying he is saying, here is a man who prepared for his future. He faced his future well. He dug down deep and he built it on a rock. Then number three, he was able to face the problems as a prepared man. We've all seen the problem. It's hard to avoid the problem. The wise man says, the problem doesn't have to destroy you. But number three, 
The foolish man says to us that the problem can, in fact, be dangerous. In our text, the foolish man did not come to the Lord. He heard, but he did not come to the Lord. See, I think it is fascinating that the wise man, it is said of him, whoever comes to me and hears me. The, the foolish man could not help but hear the Lord. Everybody in the world hears the Lord. Everybody around knows that there is a God. Everybody, there are people who deny it, people who run from it. But down deep in their souls, down deep in who they are, they know it. I was watching the story of a murder case that has not ever been in 20 years solved. And the judge actually made the statement 20 years later. He said, I've, I will tell you this. This will never be resolved. So I told all the jurors, whatever you believe about the next life, when you get there, you ask the murdered victim and he'll tell you who it was because we'll never know here. What was that judge saying? Everybody knows there's something else. He didn't come to the Lord to hear him. He just knew, but it didn't make a difference. What happened to him? His life was ruined. Now, the foolish man had his life ruined because he chose to ignore the problem. But what about those on the other side? Because mishandling, seeing the problem, will still result in the same outcome. Whether I mishandle it by overlooking it or for our purposes, if I mishandle the problem of life, by being focused on it only and by becoming obsessed by it so that the problem overtakes me. Yes, we need to see it. The foolish man did not. But the problem can ruin us and defeat us if we are only focused on it, if we are obsessed with it, if it just consumes us, it will consume us. For just a minute, notice Job. Job at the end was declared righteous. In fact, the Lord said, he has not sinned against me even with his mouth at one time in this whole process. His friends kept saying, you've done something wrong. And Job said, no, I'm innocent. And the Lord called him so. But you know what? Inside the story of Job, we see the potential of what could have been if he were foolish. You might go to the book of Job and notice some verses at the beginning of that book that I think are powerful to help us understand what can happen if we become so obsessed and consumed by the problem. We see indications 
in the Job's mind and in his life of something that could have been. Number one, if we are obsessed with the problem, if we are overcome by this problem in which we find ourselves, we certainly could become depressed. Chapter 3, verse 11, Job said, Why did I not die at birth? Why did I not perish when I came from the womb? Chapter 6 and verse 11. What strength do I have that I should hope? And what is my end that I should prolong my life? Chapter 7, verse 6. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. And then listen to chapter 7 and verse 16. I loathe my life. I would not live forever. Let me alone. My days are but a breath. What if Job had been consumed by his problems? What if he had dwelt on them and obsessed over them? What could have happened? We see the indication here that it is highly possible to become depressed. Number two. In chapter 3, verses 25 and 26, we see another possibility from obsessing over the problem. And that is, I will begin to see problems everywhere I look. Verse 25, Job said, The thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I'm not at ease. I am not quiet. I have no rest, for trouble comes. Now granted, many of us would look at Job and say, I get it. Everywhere he looked was trouble. He lost everybody, everything, and all of his friends, and even his wife told him to curse God and die. Yes, everywhere he turned, he could have seen a problem, and we see the indication of it. As he looks over his entire life, he's not just saying that the times in which he's in right now, he's focusing on the things that were good when he had his family and when he had his stuff, and he said, my whole life is worthless. Job, though, was a faithful man. If he, had not, if he had become obsessed by this problem and consumed by it, he would continually be looking and living, seeing only trouble everywhere he looked. Go to chapter 9 in the book of Job. Chapter 9. If I'm not careful, if I become obsessed with the problem, I'm not going to be 
open to hearing anything. I, I won't, it's going to be harder and harder for me to see the solutions when they come. Listen to these words from Job in verse 16. If I called and he answered me, I would not believe he was listening to me. If Job were not a faithful man, he could have gotten to the point, and we see him stepping up to it. He could have gotten to the point to say, I'm not even able to see anything that God is doing. I have no able, I can't find a solution anywhere. There is nothing for me to turn to. This is one of the verses that says to me what the problem with Job was. Job, a patriarch. God spoke to the patriarchs and had some kind of relationship with them. But when God allowed Satan to do his work, I think God left him. And the relationship that Job had with the Lord, I don't know exactly what it was, but it could have been a question and answer relationship. Hey, Lord, I got a question for you today. And they could have had conversation. And I think Job is experiencing the frustration of having had the opportunity to speak to the Lord earlier, but now he's just gone and he's not hearing him. He's not listening. At least that's what Job thinks. Job stepped right up to it. And if I'm consumed by the problem, if I obsess over the problem, I might not just step up to it. I might just cross over it and never be able to see the solutions. Finally, if I'm not careful, look at chapter 9, verse 21. I will become a problem. Job said, I'm blameless, yet... I do not know myself. I despise my life. Job could have become a problem. He could have left this moment. He could have left this situation. He could have left the life that he had and become the problem himself. We see the indication of that. You see, Job was a wise man. He was a faithful man. Therefore, he never went as far as he could have gone. He never did obsess as much as he could have. He never was consumed by it, even though he could have been. And if anyone today is obsessed and consumed by the problem, this could be your fate. I want to close with some words in 1 Peter where Peter gives us some thought process as we think about the problem. Here's what Peter says, be ready. The wise man was ready. The wise man Prepared. He faced the Lord so he could face his future and face the problems when they came. There was some 
training or some preparing to get ready for the problem we're in. But we've came to realize in very many places that, that, that we were not prepared for something like this. And, and now you think we'll be prepared in the future? I imagine so. But as Christians, why should we have an answer even for the problem? Starting in verse 15, But sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Be ready always to give an answer to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet with meekness and fear, have, notice, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. Granted, he's talking about people persecuted. Handling it well, they will actually be testifying for the Lord. I think it fits also for the problem. I think it fits also for the problems of life, the difficulties we face. Be ready. Give an answer. And the answer is, Lord, what are you going to do for us? How can we count on you? How can we depend upon you? Well, tonight, while we have this morning discussed how we see the problem, God sends solutions. And we're going to think about those tonight to give an answer. Today, the Lord wants you to give an answer, to stand courageously and confidently in the midst of the difficulties of life and thereby be a witness and a testimony to everyone who sees how we go through these difficulties that God will be glorified through them. Thank you for joining us today. As always, if you are in need of the Lord, He wants you. If we can help you in some way, if you're ready to give your life to the Lord, cementing that in baptism, if you're ready to, to be right and as a Christian, you, you've just been struggling and you need us to pray, we certainly will. We always want to make that opportunity available. But thank you for joining us today. Look forward even to seeing you tonight as we continue this discussion together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.